Hello, this is Reverend Colette Duval-Pondella. Welcome to our Wolf Wisdom Gatherings podcast in Nature's Classroom on Nature's Path. Today joining me is our special, wonderful, amazing Alaska, which means big land. She is our alpha female and the mother of our pack, and she is brilliant, and she's here to help me talk about falling forward. Um, There is a moment in this podcast where I actually forgot the name of a brilliant teacher. Her name is Jane Elliott, and she teaches something really wonderful. It's the brown-eyed experiment. So please look her up and know that when you hear the podcast that that's who I'm talking about. So here we go. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Yay! (laughs) Thank you so much for indulging me and letting me have two weeks off. It was kind of really nice. (laughs) I actually fixed some breakfast on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Anyway, today's talk is called Falling Forward, and Alaska is here with us today. And um, Cheryl is going to sing for us later one of her songs, and I got that title from it. And I was thinking about, you know, there's a lyric in it that says, um, you have to fall before you break. And um, it's beautiful. It's, it's kind of stuck with me. And I thought, you know, that's kind of what we are like in life. We're always falling forward or falling backwards or falling down. And so that's what I wanted to talk about, that, you know, life is this process. But you're constantly, even if you're falling in love, you are falling, you know, into something. And in my philosophy, I believe you're falling into your heart's desire, despite appearances to the contrary. Sometimes it looks like you're falling into mud first. (laughs) And then you discover the lotus flower. You know, so it's falling forward. I think you're always falling forward if you have everything intact that you need. You know? With the wild animals, they don't have another choice. Even though she doesn't live in the wild, she's always falling forward in her life. Even with a broken, uh, you know what I mean, with a cruciate tear. Even with a little lump that has to go here. Do you know? Even in the loss of shadow. Even, even, even. That um, no matter what, and the reason I chose Alaska is that she shows up with a smile on her face. Well, look at her walk around the room. She couldn't be a happier camper being around people and doing what it is her purpose is. You know? She forgets that she's limping. She forgets that she still has a long way to go to have her muscles that were atrophied while she was limping, you know what I mean? Carry her better so she can jump again. She doesn't think about that. She doesn't, you know, lament about it. (laughs) I see her get frustrated when she can't jump where she wants to go. But then she figures out a way to get where she wants to go anyway. And when she gets there, you see a big smile on her face. You know, if we could just do life like that, despite what's going on with us, is to show up with that smile because we already know that our purpose is in line. But she doesn't question her purpose. She doesn't question whether or not she's going on the wrong wrong or right road. She just lives in the moment. She's a wild animal. She's a wolf. And so all she has to do is to commit to being wolf. 
And I think all we have to do is just commit to being who we are. And we can be conscious of that so that we can correct ourselves almost immediately. Welcome. We can correct that little moment. Do you know what I mean? Where we go, oh, that all sucks. I just want to give up. Why are we here? I'm sick of people. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> guilty. Very guilty. You know, and then I remember her. And I have these moments where I can remember that no matter what's going on with her, she gets up, she shows up, she suits up, and she does wolf. That's what she does. Katarina Kostaki says this, what is the conscious leap? Conscious leap is a term that refers to a process of change. It specifies a particular point in the process where a change cannot be undone or reversed. The leap is the singularity point, the point of no return. It will be a fundamental change in everybody's way of living. When we consciously leap forward, and sometimes you get a skinned knee, sometimes you get a broken heart, <laughs> sometimes you rise up and you meet people that change your life forever. Do you know what I mean? All of it happens. All of life happens, no matter where you're leaping and what you're leaping to. And we judge, and we've been taught to judge ourselves and each other based on the quality of what's happening around you to qualify whether or not you should have leaped or not. It's a moot point. You leapt already. <laughs> you landed where you landed, and you have to take each moment and each next step and each next leap into that next direction. And that's, that doesn't end. In my experience, that does not end. So this is what we're going to talk about today, consciously leaping forward, and especially for 2018 to start a new year, consciously leaping forward. So we're going to start with our opening meditative song first. So just sit in your seats. For those of you who haven't been here before, just relax. You got here, just let it all go. Let the chair hold you. You don't have to hold on to yourself. Mother Earth has that chair. You can't fall. So you might as well just let it go. Child receives protection from a mother. 
Here's what I know. I know that no matter what you call it, that there is a creative intelligence that is the creator of all things seen and unseen. And that we are perfect, whole, beautiful, unique, magnificent expressions of this creative energy. There's nothing else that you could possibly be. Which means that you are meant to be here to fulfill a divine purpose. This is what I know. It is a universal truth that there is no accidents in creation. And so I claim for you, for each and every single one of you, that your heart's desire is being met despite appearances to the contrary, despite how you feel about it, that you have a purpose and that you are here and as long as you are breathing that, and your cells are getting oxygen and down to the marrow of your bones, you are fulfilling a divine purpose by being just you. You do not have to do anything else except show up as the loving, beautiful spirit that you are and that you were created in. And so I claim for this year, for every single person, that your conscious leap into this year comes with your heart leading the way and that you will find and you will see and you will notice and you will hear with all of your senses that will inform your heart that you're in the right direction, that you're around the right people, and that you are attracting into your life those others who are, have a divine purpose that are here to help you fulfill your divine fulfillment. And so I know that there's universal truth in this, and I am so grateful for all the good that has come before me, the good that is here in front of me now in the present, and all the good that is yet to come into infinity. And I release these words knowing that they are held in the hands of grace. That grace that we are all made of, that connects us all as one. And I can say, and so it is. Aho, which is the Native American. Amen, if that's what works for you. Namaste. <laughs> Germany Kent says this. When the vision is clear, the results will appear. Keep your mindset positive as you work your plan. Flourish and always remember why you started. So in our case, the reason you started is because you have a divine purpose. And I don't know where that started, whether before you know, conception. <laughs> a lot of people argue that. It doesn't matter. The truth is why you're here is because you have a unique gift that only you can share with the planet. That's what we're here to do. That's why. So there's no use, like the Native Americans say, it's a great mystery. There's no reason to even try and figure it out. <laughs> why even go there? The truth is, if I'm standing here, I was meant to be here. If you're sitting here, you were meant to be here. There's no, you don't need to go into the why of it. Just follow your heart. Let it tell you what you want. Let it tell you who you know. Let it tell you what you want to be. Let it move you into action. Dostoevsky says this, the high road is something very, very long of which one cannot see the end, like human life, like human dreams. Why, what are you trying to figure out? I have to tell you, I spent three quarters of my life trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do, why I'm here, how I'm going to fix myself. You know, 
if you scroll down on social media and the things that people are offering, it's always, do you want success in your life? Follow these steps. <laughs> Everybody has a workshop for everything. And I've taken them all. <laughs> I signed up for all of them. If I could have all the money back that I spent on all of the workshops to try to fix myself so I would be happier. And the answer was to fix my mind about who I thought I was. And I'm not going to say that that was not a process. Because there's no, no one out there trying to fix themselves who does not hate themselves on some level and think there's something wrong with them. You know, so you have to first of all, get past that stuff to say that you deserve to be here because there's no other thing that you could be. And the way I did it was trees. I've talked about this before. You know, what is the most magnificent thing on the planet to you? And I can't not look at a tree. I grew up in them. I married a tree guy. <laughs> I used to climb trees so that I could get away from it all. Do you know what I mean? Talk about the higher road. I had to go higher so that I could feel safe enough. Do you know what I mean? To get out of the chatter and to connect to something. I wrap my legs and my arms and my hands around something that was sturdy and strong and powerful. And that was my, you know, every tree was my tree house, if I could climb it up it, you know. And then when I started with this philosophy and I started learning this stuff and I said, wow, you know, the most magnificent thing to me is a tree. I'm connected to them. And then you, you study them and you find out that they, the Native Americans called them the standing people. They just don't move like we do, but they have a circulatory system. You know, the way they work is similar to us. It's just that they give off the oxygen we need to breathe. Do you know what I mean? And we give them the carbon dioxide. But you can't look at a leaf and not see the veins. You know what I mean? And the water flowing through them and the intricacy and the, the bark and what it does and all of these intricate parts to make this magnificent thing. And I would look at a tree. I would grab a leaf. <laughs> That's okay. Come on in. Um, and when I, when I started learning this, what I did was I would look at the tree and go, it is magnificent. How could it be more magnificent than me? And that's how I started. Looking at a mountain range, if that's what your deal is. Do you know what I mean? Going out and hearing the power of the ocean. Doesn't get much bigger than that. Doesn't get much powerful than that, you know? The sound of those waves crashing and the movement and the vibration, you can feel it. It takes your body, goes right through it. How could it be more magnificent than you? So you don't have to answer the question as to why, you just have to know that and start there. And constantly remind yourself of that when you go through your day and go, oh, God, how are you so stupid? I, I wish I could count the many times that I do something and I go, oh, Colette, please. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like then I catch myself. 
You know, these things that we do to ourselves without even being aware of it. And then we immediately get that cringe and we forget who we are. And we punish ourselves on the smallest to the nth degree. Veronica Roth says this, pain had a way of breaking time down. I thought about the next minute, the next hour. There wasn't enough space in my mind to put all these pieces together, to find words to summarize the whole of it. But the keep going part, I knew the words for. I think it's human nature to get up and go. I see it in the wild ones. Unless we forget, we're made of the same stuff, so we are wild too. Our spirits are wild. Our instincts are wild. We come from the earth. We live off of the earth. We are connected to the earth. And yet it's all spirit. All keystone species in our world that keeps our environments alive. The wolves, the bats, the beavers, the elephants, the fig trees, the bees. It's all connected to make it all work for all of us. And it keeps going. And it'll keep going after us. <laughs> and it'll keep going after that. And we're part of it. We're part of this big whole. Nanette Matthews says, even small positive shifts in thinking create huge results if you are consistent in your efforts. I think there's a lot of people that do give up. Do you know what I mean? But even in the giving up, that's a choice. <laughs> that's, that's keep, you know what I mean? Getting up and going to choose. I'm not doing this right now. Now, if we were nice to ourselves and good to ourselves, we would just say, you know what? I just need a break to get my thoughts together, to get my head right. You know, don't answer the phone. Send out a message that says, <laughs> I'm taking a little respite. If you don't hear from me in a couple of days, it's because I need a sabbatical. I quoted this thing a couple of weeks ago. He's like, we don't celebrate. You know, I just need to celebrate with my gang the fact that <laughs> I have to go into the hospital. <laughs> you know, it's like choosing each other, choosing each other and using each other and say, I'm going to celebrate that I'm going to go in the hospital and get this taken care of. You don't celebrate that. Some of us don't even talk about it. And then some people talk more about it. Do you know what I mean? But as though the result is going to end up being something that you do not want. And I'm not saying you ignore your fear. It's not about ignoring what's going on. It's about setting your plan, knowing where you're going, knowing who you are. I'm choosing to leap into the good instead of leap into the tragedy. Tim Gunn says, my best life advice, take the high road. No matter how much stress or strain or consternation you are facing, take the high road. You will never regret it. And the reason I like this quote is there's a ton of things that I chose to do and I jumped into with my full heart. And they turned out horribly, <laughs> horribly. 
And in many cases, in several times, it wiped me out financially, you know? And those are the things that I remember about it. But I don't regret it. Because every time I did it, I did it for a higher purpose. And I learned a lot. And I found out what I was made of. The ones that I regret is the ones that I knew was not the right thing to do in the first place, and I did it anyway. Even the ones that turned out great, and I had some financial success. But it was bad because my heart hurt, and I had that pain. So it wasn't worth it. Those are the ones I regret, that I took that kind of time out of my journey to do something I knew wasn't right for me. Gabrielle Union, I've lost a lot. I've lost money, and my reputation has taken a hit for taking the high road to protect my dignity, to, to protect my children, and for other good causes. But I don't think there was ever too steep a price for doing the right thing. Unless you're going to beat yourself up for it, along with everybody else. But if you know it was the right thing, you cannot lose. Because for the many times that I've done it, that I've betrayed myself, do you know what I mean? And spent the years trying to forgive the people who I blamed, do you know what I mean, for doing it to me. <laughs> I did it to myself. And then it takes years sometimes to get, oh gosh, it was my fault in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to get over that. And so instead of, you know, those are the things that I remember and why I needed those workshops in order to fix myself, to feel better about myself, when all I needed to do was just do the right thing and take the high road in the moment. Even if I landed in a ditch. Aaron Lauritsen says, the high road of grace will get you somewhere a whole lot faster than the freeway of spite. Are you trying to get somewhere in spite of somebody? <laughs> Are you trying to show somebody that you're worth it? You know? How far do you get with that? Oh, they're not even paying attention. <laughs> they didn't even know you're doing it. Warren Woodward says, never wrestle with pigs, for the pigs remain clueless, and you end up muddy. <laughs> now, no offense to pigs, but it's, it's the analogy. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to go play in the mud, you're going to get dirty. And if you're going to play with somebody in the mud that doesn't even know that it's mud, you know, then you're wasting a lot of time and energy and anger and spite and revenge, and it's just not worth it. Warren Buffett says, take the high road. It's far less crowded. <laughs> Nietzsche says, whoever fights monsters should see to it that in the process he does not become a monster. And if you gaze long enough into an abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. You cannot play in that arena and not have it get you. I'm 
Oh, I'm blanking on her name. I'll have to come back to it. Oh, yikes. There's a woman out there who has been teaching um, what racism does. Do you know what I mean? What is her name? Call it out if you know it. <laughs> It'll come to me and I'll remind you. But she did an experiment after Martin Luther King was killed. And I, she's, she has been teaching this, and it should be taught in every single school, in every single grade, and the experiment should be done in every company, in all walks of life, everywhere. And basically, she just took a day, and she took brown-eyed kids and blue-eyed kids. And she made the brown-eyed kids more special than the blue-eyed kids for the day. And within 15 minutes, she saw wonderful, sweet, loving children turn into monsters because they could. They had permission. And what's scary about that is that that's our nature. We have a monster nature. If you give somebody that power over somebody else and tell them they're more special than these, than th these other people, then you're going to end up in the mud, in this darkness, in this abyss. And then she saw the blue-eyed kids who had been smart, who could work faster, who could do what their, you know what I mean, who could do their lessons with no trouble whatsoever, all of a sudden have traits of being stupid. Not accomplishing tasks fast enough. Feeling demoralized, feeling like they were just, you know, no better than dirt. And then she switched it. <laughs> which is good, so that each, each group of kids got the experience. And that took one day to change their hearts and their minds forever about how to treat each other. And I'm here to say if seven-year-olds can do it, we can do it. We can do that. Marion F. Solomon talks about REM sleep. You guys know what REM sleep is? They um, actually have proven that you cannot stay sane unless you get that REM sleep. Because here's what it does. Our REM sleep in 90-minute bursts in a 24-hour cycle digests trauma that is experienced on a daily basis. In dreaming, the brain compares the trauma with the early memory traces of similar experiences and files the memories of the day's events according to an effect-based associative system for further use and potential survival value. Comforting figures may appear in your dream to give you care, advice, counsel, and relief if necessary. The nightly dream process helps the dreamer receive positive resolution of his or her experience, and the dreamer moves on to the next day's activity, restored, refreshed, and prepared for the survival-based action. That's how important our sleep is, to get a natural sleep, not get an artificial sleep. You know what I mean? That's important. And as I was reading this, now I know this because part of the therapeutic process, as I was going through a lot of um, uh, recovery from trauma in my life, I did something called EMDR. It's called Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Basically, with this eye movement, it, it, you're consciously in a state of REM sleep, working through the traumas. And they developed it for Vietnam veterans. And they do know that it doesn't work on chemical changes in your brain, but it only works on trauma. 
So it's this incredibly brilliant thing to take what we already have natural. We already have a natural psychotherapist in our head in our sleep. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> That's how miraculous we are. That's how much of a miracle we are. We have our own psychologist in our head, in our brains. And involuntarily, when you sleep well, <laughs> it works for you. It's working it out. And then for those of us who can't get past our daytime, our awake time, do you know what I mean? There are therapeutic processes that are so smart that they imitate what your natural process is to do things like EMDR or biofeedback or something like that in order to get you through those things so that you can fulfill your life's purpose. It's built into us. It's built into us. When I say that we're mathematically correct in every single way, I mean it. Your foot is as long as your forearm. This part of your finger is how long your eye is. <laughs> you know? We are as tall as we are long. I mean it when I say we're mathematically correct in every single way. I think your foot fits into your hand. No, 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 your foot is here. It's just your hand. I forgot where your hand is. Anyway, you guys can look it up. It's fascinating and do the experiments with each other. <laughs> Shannon Adler says, when you take the high road, you will see that things that some people can't. You can see the things that some people can't. I was so impressed. I, I, um, I posted it on the Wolf Wisdom Gathering Facebook site. Um, you guys know who Sarah Silverman is, right? She has a Twitter feed. And she is, you know, in a political arena. She likes to change people's minds, not by judging them or anything. She goes into and she just talks to them, hoping to change their minds. And um, she was on a Twitter feed, and then some guy came in, and he literally, the response to her post was the C word. <sighs> now, when I read it, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was turning. I got my fight up, my fists up, and everything. <laughs> Now, apparently, she had had more where he talked about back pain and not being able to get help through it and all that kind of stuff. And her response to him was, you know what? I know you're hurting. I hurt my back, too, and I know it's painful. And I know that pain makes me irritable and angry, and I wanted to lash out all the time. And so she's, in her tweet, she's, to him, she said, I hear you. And then they had this beautiful conversation after that. I learned a lesson from Sarah Silverman. You know? If you're all constantly getting your back up and your fists off, do you know what I mean? Instead of understanding where it's coming from, finding common ground with your human being. And these show the Twitter feed. You know, it's like the Twitter conversation in the article. And he's now her friend and thanked her. So we went from the worst thing that you can call a woman. Do you know what I mean? To love and compassion and caring 
and sympathy and empathy and all the things that we can be to each other. So thank you, Sarah, <laughs> for contributing to us today. Oh. Bruce Lee says, action is a high road to self-confidence and esteem. Where it is open, all energies flow towards it. It comes readily to most people, and its rewards are tangible. Taking action. It was one thing that I read that said, you don't even, don't wait for the inspiration, just move. <laughs> Within that movement, you meet somebody or something happens, and then you run into the inspiration and what to fix and where you're going to go from here. Ernest Holmes, who actually is the father of the philosophy of where I learned this spiritual practice. And Ernest Holmes says, never limit your view of life by any past experience. There is no past experience that you have ever had that should dictate where you go from this moment on into the next breath. It has no power over you unless you want to look backward instead of forward. Albert Einstein says, you can't blame gravity for falling in love. <laughs> if you've fallen in love with a dream, if you've fallen in love with an idea, if you've fallen into something and you go take that leap, that conscious leap, and gravity, and you hit the ground first, <laughs> it's not gravity's fault, right? Maybe there's something down there you're supposed to take a look at. But we don't look at that, what, that way. You just got your face in the dirt and you go, once again, oh my gosh. <laughs> Come on in. You know what I mean? Maybe there's something down there. There's silica in that sand, by the way, and it's really good for you. <laughs> Augustine Burroughs says, Love is a helium-based emotion. Love always takes the high road. Always takes the high road. Sarah Silverman cannot have that kind of heart. Do you know what I mean? That was a loving gesture in order to get past that conflict. Do you know? To get past that hatred. To get past it in order to do that. So it, what it proves to me is she just sits in that place all the time. She would have to. Now, like I said, I, I'm going to have to get used to Twitter because I just got the account. <laughs> but that's a fact. You know, this is something you do in the seconds. Do you know what I mean? In the moments. You know? This is something you do immediately. You know, I had my fists up and ready to kill him. And that was my response. And her response came from a loving space. Fuyumi Soro says, I don't know what lies ahead, but I want to keep going forever. You know, the truth is we're going to do that anyway. We're going to do that anyway. I don't know what's going on next week. You know, I have a plan. <laughs> and if my plan is anything like your plan, something happens every single day to interrupt that plan. I cannot get to where I thought I was going to go. 
But it doesn't mean I didn't go anywhere. You know, except judging the fact is, why is this stuff showing up? Because this is not what I wanted to do today. And then you have to handle it. It is, depends on how you face it, how, what you're thinking about it, where it's coming from. I was thinking about process a lot. You know, life is a process. And we're waiting to get to the end. Of, you know, we're waiting for the satisfaction to the end of this thing that we just decided to do, right? <laughs> it's like, when does it end? And um, it got really cold, you know, this, and we have a fireplace. And in order to start a fire in our fireplace, first you've got to clean out the ashes that were there before. <laughs> you've got to pull them all out, get them into some place, and then dump them, get all the kindling that you need in order to start it, set it all up again. Then you've got to carry firewood, which is really heavy, and there's an entire 20-minute process just to get some heat. And I'm complaining because people used to have to do that out in the wilderness. It would take all day to get a fire going. <laughs> and then I started to think about the process, you know what I mean? But then once it's lit, once you've accomplished the task, and it starts crackling, and it's doing its thing, and heat is coming out. And then not only is it so romantic, the image of the fire, you know, you get all the satisfaction, right? And then it starts to die down, you got to get up and go get some more wood. <laughs> and throw it on and stoke it. So in order to have this romantic, fun, you know, heat-filled room, it keeps going. The process keeps going, and you have to schlep and do some stuff in order to keep this romance and this heat going. And then I thought, God, it's just easier if you just go turn on the heat. <laughs> and I started to think, well, the only reason that button works and heat comes through there is that you have to buy the propane. You have to work in order to do it. You got to build the pipes to get it to the heating process. A heating unit had had to be created so that it works on a thermostat. Talk about the process, right? In order for us to have these things, somebody had to come together and clash together to create it. They had to be moving in action in their lives, and then they figured it out. And then they came to other people, and then this part fits with that part, and it all collides, and it works. Innovation happens from that. Bruce Mao says, I'm interested in the moment when two objects collide and generate a third. The third object is where the interesting work happens. You know, electricity existed long before we knew how to use it. It wasn't like it wasn't there before. Not like somebody invented electricity. We just didn't know how to collide into it and tap into it and use it and harness it. And that took a collaboration of inventors and creativity and inspiration and people who moved into that time in life to make this happen for humanity, that's a divine purpose. That's a divine purpose. That's what we get to do. Ernest Holmes always says, look past the condition. And that was hard for me when I first started to, you know, because you can't ignore the condition. If your bank account says what it is and your debt ratio says this is what it is, you can't look or ignore it, but you can look past it to see where you're going so that you can keep going. We just had this conversation this morning. You know what I mean? Antoinette just signed up to 
learn yoga. She's been waiting to do it for years. She's there. She's going to take the classes. And her first thought is, I don't know how I'm going to make the payments. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know? But that's always our first thought. You get this inspiration. You're really happy. I just did this. And the reality is, okay, now i got to pay for it. <laughs> okay. How am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to look past the debt, the fear, the anxiety, and I'm going to look to what's going to be happening when I can have my own classes, when I can generate that income, when I can do and contribute to people's lives in a great way. You can't ignore this. A lot of people in the philosophy think, oh, it doesn't exist. What exists is my dream over the, over the problems. <laughs> You get in more trouble denying reality. Do you know what I mean? It was never meant that you don't take care of what's in front of you. It's just meant to know where you're going, which makes this all worth it. You cannot have a fire without the wood. You cannot have the heat without the propane. So you can't ignore what's going on. You just have to see past it to know where you're going and then keep choosing whether you want to go in that direction or not and take responsibility. And hopefully you're going and taking the high road because that's what your heart wants to do. Germany Kent says, today, if anything is trying to hold you back, give no attention to it. Get your hopes up, get your faith up, look up and get ready to rise up. When we, just, when we first started to do these programs with the wolves and to do what we need to do and wanting to save them in the wild, it looked good. Right now, it looks not so good. It's heartbreaking to me. I have to get past all the articles to find out what's happening and why it's not working there. But then when I look further and I further, instead of getting discouraged, it's happening other places. You know what I mean? It's like if you look globally, it's happening really nicely. Just in front of me, it's not happening nicely. And we kind of sometimes just look at the box in front of us instead of seeing that the consciousness of things are changing everywhere. And when I talk about the fact that we're part of a whole, you know, that's really important because if the consciousness is changing in a bigger way out here, it will change the consciousness here. I have to know that. I have to look past what's happening now with wolves in this country and move forward and see the plan and see that our purpose is still online. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do this. We might as well just shut down. And that's what people do is they just shut it down. It's not working anyway. Why am I putting all this heart and effort into it? And you start backing away, and then you feel terrible, and then you're now down in this dark abyss and no way to come out of it. We do not come into this world. We come out of it as leaves from a tree, as the ocean waves, the universe's peoples. Every individual is an expression of the whole realm of nature, a unique action of the total universe. Do you really believe that? Or do you believe that you have little or no effect in your daily lives and so it, you don't matter? 
And so I guess because I'm here, I'll just keep doing what I do, and I'll wake up, and I'll just go to work, and I'll come home. You know what I mean? A lot of people end up there. And I'll go back to where I started is because it's not that there's a why behind it. It's because you don't remember who you are. A lot of years can go by in that state rather than remembering, you know what? I am perfect, whole, and complete, and powerful as the universe because I'm made of it, and it's flowing in, around, and through me, and this is going to be my life's purpose, and I'm going to accomplish it. Even if what I want to happen in my lifetime happens after I'm gone because that was my purpose. Are you ready to still commit to it even though you may not even see it from this plane of action? Then nobody would have moved forward. Leonardo da Vinci wouldn't have made drawings of airplanes. You know, half the stuff he dreamed of didn't happen for 400 years later. <laughs> but he knew it was possible. Are you willing to do that? To share it with the world? To look like an idiot? You know, to have people go, oh, my goodness, must be crazy. Anatoly France says, if the path is beautiful, let us not ask where it leads. And I think that just means to just choose love. Choose the high road. Do what your heart tells you to do. Take the heat for it. Stand up for it and fall into it, fall forward. With that, I'm gonna bring Cheryl up. She's gonna sing this beautiful song that inspired my talk, and it's called Your Broken Heart. So please welcome Cheryl. <laughs> this song is called Your Broken Heart, and I like, I like what you said about the mystery, and. The reason I do what I do is I just want people to be in the mystery with me. So.
Ernest Holmes says, love is within us. It cannot be destroyed. It can be ignored. To the extent that we abandon love, we will feel it as abandoned us. Denying love is our only problem, and embracing it is the only answer. Through the power of love, we can let go of the past history and begin again. Love heals, forgives, and makes us whole. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like what you heard and you think it is of benefit to you and with others, please share this podcast with your friends and your family. Also like us on Facebook at Wolf Wisdom Gathering and Shadowland Foundation. Um, you can also check out our website at shadowlandfoundation.org and um, we appreciate any donation that you would like to share with us. They are all tax deductible. So please help us. That would be great. Have a blessed, blessed week. And we'll talk then.